You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into week six of the NFL season. We got two and three Saints versus the two and three Cincinnati Bengals. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here on First Take. Not a recorded message. We are live in studio. Uh, Always live on First Take. You can call in. Give us a call at 504-260-187 on the Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Want to hear from you. Who that's how you feeling about this game? I know there was a lot. Uh, made this week about some former LSU players being back in the Superdome and who will you be cheering on? And to me, that was all a a whole lot of nonsense. I understand that everyone has much love for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and that national championship they helped bring to LSU during that magical undefeated season. But come on, there is no way Saints fans are pulling for Burrow and the Bengals today just because of that, that you know, that two, 2019 national championship. Uh, this team right now, Jeff, going for a two-game win streak, and it's nice to be, I guess, on that side of things, talking about a positive, maybe win streak to start, but there are a lot of injuries and some news and notes of guys that are called up to this roster as well that we have to go over. Yeah, so, so my kind of opinion on this is, like, if you want to go cheer for Jamar and Joe – Get to the game early. Do it during the pregame. Sure. Right? Go yeah, Go yell, yay, Joe, thanks, yeah, good job. And then when the game starts, the only people who should be yelling for the Bengals are wearing Bengals shirts or are named Burrow and Chase, right? If Jimmy yes. and uh, I can't remember Jamar's name. Jimmy. Da- Jimmy's dad. And Jimmy, both Jimmy's, right. Yeah, if the Jimmy's, <laughs> if Jimmy Burrow and Jimmy Chase want to go out there and yell for their kids, fine. You should not. <laughs> That's kind of my take on it. But yeah, this, these are both teams. Like this is a turning point, I think, for one of these two teams. Right at two and three, the, the, your season can go in vastly different directions. Sure, you can get yeah. on the right track. You can kind of you you can get to a point where that two and three start feels like it was a lifetime ago when you're you know nine and five later in the year, right? Or you can lose this game and you can fall to two and four and suddenly. You know, if you're the Bengals, you start looking at your draft picks. <laughs> right. If you're if you're the Saints, you don't because you don't have any. Wah, wah. Um, but you know that's that's where you know I don't I don't think the Bengals are gonna go in the tank. Obviously, they have too much talent and they're too young of a team to do that. But you know that's this is a game that both of these teams, you know, to feel good about themselves, really need to win. Yeah, I know we we talk about you know looking at the records and obviously. Three and three feels a lot better than two and four. Uh, People say that all the time. They say I know, that right? Already, Every right? week you can say that. Yeah, last week it was last week it was two and three feels a lot different than, than one, one and four. four you right. know, and it's just funny how that works. Like, yeah, all the records feel differently. There's not that many games. It's amazing what winning will do, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, really important for two for this uh, Saints team today is the fact that you got a short turnaround this week, and boom, you're on. That fantastic product that's been Thursday night football uh, going on the road. You don't even get to stay at home for it and are 
going to be in a different time zone. So once again, you're going to be adjusting to you know a different, a whole different area, different you know time zone in Arizona, which I think is two hours behind, right? In Pacific, Pacific time for Arizona, I believe is correct. Even though they don't celebrate daylight savings there, celebrate. Oh, let me check. Say <laughs> they don't recognize. Okay, yes, me, I guess you're not me, celebrating. Let me pop that in the old Googler. Yeah, what time is it in Arizona right now? There you go. So right. You know, I uh, but yeah, I know Arizona's on their own time zone half a year. It is, uh, yeah, they're two hours behind us, yeah. So it'll, it'll be it'll be a change, but it won't be as significant as going all the way out. <laughs> Actually, it would be. Yeah, it's technically Pacific at this time of the year. Right, and yeah. so, yeah, I mean, obviously the short week, this team's pretty banged up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what this offense can do right now because, I mean, you, you look at the wide receiving core, it's so depleted with the fact that no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry, uh, Deontay Hardy now put on injured reserve, and a big question mark going into the game is Chris Olave. I know there were reports yeah. already saying that he's going to be not playing this game, even though he's listed as questionable after being able to go through the concussion protocol and practice this week in a limited fashion. Uh, it was kind of surprising to see him out there, but we are back to the wide receiving core that we had last year, yeah. plus Keith Kirkwood. Let me put on my new sales pitch, my best sales pitch. Do you like football but wish there was less fun? <laughs> <laughs> Let me introduce to you the week six New Orleans Saints, where the wide receivers, you can't name them. It was a lot like last year. But, yeah, it's – yeah, my, Chris Olave, uh, Adam Schefter tweeted last night, is unlikely he's going to play. That's not a huge surprise based on the hit we saw him take and what we know about the current state of the NFL concussion protocol. You know, they have ramped up those standards, the requirements – after the Tua Tagovailoa situation, and you know, as they should, I don't think they were being handled the re- the correct way at all. Um, you know, and it goes back way further than that. I remember a Panthers game where Cam Newton definitely had a concussion and went out and was back in the game within like 30 seconds. Like this has been something that's been flouted for a long time, and so it's it's a good thing for the NFL that they are starting to to kind of you know tighten the screws on it. But you know, I think that is a factor in Chris Olave not playing today because. You know, typically when you can see a guy in practice, in full drills, you expect him to play because the concussion can't be affecting him that much if he's able to get out there, right? right. Like, if you had symptoms, you wouldn't be at practice. And I think if there is a, a issue with him potentially playing today, it is, okay, you're going from practice where it's a controlled environment, you know, to a arena with 70,000 people screaming and flashing lights and loud music, you know, that is a big step up. And I imagine that is what the, the biggest hurdle is for him right now. Um, so if he can't go, you also don't have Mike Thomas for another week. You don't have Jarvis Landry for another week. And as you mentioned, Deontay Hardy is on IR. So the wide receiver core, you know, you're back to last year. You have Marquez Callaway. You have Traquan Smith. You have practice squad signee. He's now on the 53-man roster, which I'm happy about. I really like Keith Kirkwood. It's Keith Kirkwood. Kevin White is back up from the practice squad. Yay. And I think that might be it. Am I missing one? Uh, I guess you could technically say we'll see if Rashid Shahid yes, is in the that mix. that is the other one. Rashid Shahid has been signed to the 53-man roster as okay. well. He was signed alongside Keith Kirkwood. I expect him to be primarily in a, a return role. Right. But, yeah, he is there. And, we, and no, yeah, that, that's it because those are the two practice squad elevations with Kevin White and also, oh, shakes. Who? Hmm. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. Chris Harris Jr. is the other one. I knew there was another one. That's the second straight week for him. So, yeah, that's your wide receiver court. So, uh, if you ever needed a day to be a ground-and-pound offense, this is going to be it. Uh, speaking of ground-and-pound, there was a signee running back to the practice squad, and Jake faked the funk. 
Jake I, Funk. Jake Funk. I thought that was uh, an interesting name, obviously. And then uh, also seeing that Jake Luton has been you released. Keep, you always say that. Luton, man. Luton? You, you couldn't say it like when Futon, he was here. You can't but say it when he's gone. Yeah, Jake Luton. And I think that that's an interesting one because if you were going to have Jameis Winston inactive today, right. I think you would have to keep Jake Luton on the 53. Exactly. I expect he'll be re-signed to the practice squad. Unless he gets claimed, which uh, you know, I keep I always say that like, oh, he's going to be back in the practice squad. Then he gets claimed by somebody, but I don't think that's going to be the case for Jake. Um, but yeah, I think what that indicates to me, you know, unless you're planning to have Taysom Hill as your as your game day backup, which mm. on a day where you don't have any weapons <laughs> would be stunning to me. Uh, if you're if you're gonna because you have to kind of deprioritize him in that role if you are having him as your legit backup, right? Right, because you don't want to have a situation where Taysom Hill gets hurt. And then Danny Dalton gets hurt, and all suddenly Alvin Kamara is your quarterback. Um, you know, with the receivers you'd be throwing to, it might have the same effect. But I think that what that indicates to me is Jameis Winston is going to be active and the backup today. And I'm sure no one's going to overreact about that at all. Oh, no. Why would they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and you mentioned this uh, in the open, but I think a factor there and a factor that is definitely going to uh, loom heading into next week is – you know, if there was no Thursday night football coming up, would Jameis be active? You know, what would you be able to say about guys like Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry? I do wonder if the quick turnaround made some of those in-out decisions for those players. Like, if you were on the fence and you were like, oh, he could play through this, but who knows where he would be on Thursday, three days removed. It's like, would you? are you planning on hopefully getting these guys back healthy for Thursday night football rather than, you know, having them go today? And being like, well, we'll see, huh. right? Who knows? I think, but I think that is a factor when you're trying to make these injury decisions. The only problem to me, though, with the Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry scenario is the fact that we didn't even see them practicing at all this week. So it wasn't wasn't even a case where oh they were limited and they're kind of just being cautious with these guys, hoping to give them a little extra time. And I guess it's got to be even more concerning for me with Michael Thomas, just because. You know, we keep hearing about, oh, he was he was supposed to be back this week, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. We didn't see him at all. Uh, Dennis Allen kind of alluded to the fact that, yes, Jarvis Landry did have a setback with his ankle issue. Uh, but, you know, these are two guys that we thought were coming in to help reshape this offense from a year ago. And now, uh, like you mentioned, it's back to the same old guys from last year and don't want to obviously knock a person like Marquez Callaway or a Traquan Smith, but they are not Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry, obviously. Yeah, I mean, what you can say for Marquez, for Trey, um, is at the at, – and this is something you went into this season thinking. It's like, okay, if we do get down to them, at least <laughs> – They've got experience. They have experience. No, seriously, right? <laughs> it, at this point last year, you were going in and saying, man, I have no idea what to expect out of Marquez Calloway in that role, right? Obviously, you would like to have Deontay Hardy in this situation. You know, he's been really de-emphasizing the passing game, but again, we don't wide receivers. It'd be nice to have a guy who, you know, had like 48 catches last year. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. And Andy Dalton and Marquez Calloway do seem to have something of a connection. My issue with Marquez to this point is he hasn't been, like, getting separation. You know, he's been – even his catches – the reason he makes spectacular spectacular catches all the time is because there's no alternative. <laughs> when you're covered, you have to make a spectacular catch, and he hasn't been able to create separation the way he probably needs to. Um, maybe so, that Volunteers win yesterday will help boost maybe. that separation for him and, and guys like Alvin Kamara. And I know we got a bunch of other Tennessee guys on the roster. Uh, Bryce – 
Shai Tuttle, Bryce Thompson, right? Alante Taylor, but he's on injured reserve. Um, there might be there might be one other one, but yeah, the the uh, the Vol Pride is strong. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be loud about it. Hopefully, they didn't stay up uh, too late celebrating that win because they're going to need those guys today, <laughs> right? Um, you know, the LSU guys, uh, we they, they could they well Tyron obviously, but Jarvis could have had as much fun as he wanted, right? Um, but yeah, this this is a team that needs to figure out something today. I would not be surprised if we end up seeing more passer. I'm sorry, more receiver Taysom Hill than runner Taysom Hill today for a couple reasons. One being you don't have any pass catchers. The other being like, you know, if you're the Bengals, if you're the Saints and you're kind of expecting the Bengals to have prepared for something, it's going to be, okay, how do we stop Taysom QB Hill? QB power, right. QB power, right? And I still think you're going to run QB power in the red zone on short yardage, but I'm talking about all of the other Taysom Hill snaps, right? The Taysom Hill snaps that come with Andy Dalton on the field. I think that you're going to see fewer snaps where – Taysom's taking this, take lining up under center, and Andy Dalton's out wide, and more snaps where Taysom Hill is going to be the primary um, target in coverage, um, and because it's just something that you know, I think with Taysom Hill, one of the things you have to make sure you do if you're Pete Carmichael is, you know, there's so many ways to keep teams guessing. The only thing you can do wrong with him is be predictable, and at a certain point, be like. Like changing how he operates every week is predictable, and you can right. kind of plan for it. But you know, it, it's like it's like rock paper scissors, right? The <laughs> only thing you can do wrong is do what they're expecting you to do, and then if you know what they're expecting you to do, then you do that. It, it's <laughs> it's it's mind games with him, and he's a player that you can do that with, and so you just have to make sure you take advantage of that. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a throwback game. This is going to be you know, the Bucks game in week week 15 of last year, right? You're going to win this game with defense and not making mistakes. Unfortunately for this team, not making mistakes has been something that has eluded them. And I think to win this game, this is not going to be a game last week you won with two turnovers, right? I don't think you win this game with two turnovers unless the defense really balls out and forces three or four of their own. You, If you don't win the turnover battle today, you will lose this game. Yeah, and you look at it, uh, once again, no Peyton Turner also for the Saints and a big one on defense, unfortunately. Corner Marshawn Lattimore, who we expect would have shadowed Jamar Chase. And now, uh, you know, we saw those big chunk plays down the field last week, and it's going to be a concern, obviously, in this game when you have Joe Burrow and the weapons at his disposal. Hopefully the Saints' D-line can apply that pressure and get to him because I think Joe is the fourth or fifth most sack quarterback in the NFL this season. Uh, that O-line has not progressed, even though they've tried to upgrade over there. Yeah, yeah, the, the, that is, you know, if, if you're going to feel bad for Joe, <laughs> that's it. We're going to get a close-up look at just how bad that protection is for him. And the Saints need to take advantage of it. That is one of their few advantages in this game from a health perspective is you do have Cam Jordan, you do have Marcus Davenport, you do have a decent rotation with Tano Passion and the guys behind them, um, and Carl Granderson. So you, you're going to need them to show up and harass Joe Burrow all day. Um, I think they match up well, right? I think the same way they match up well against Tom Brady, they match up well against Joe Burrow. You're going to want to collapse the pocket, and while Joe is more mobile – you still want to create scenarios where he's trying to—he's forced to get outside the pocket. You don't want to let him just sit in there and pick you apart because he will. Yeah, the good um, thing though is he's not getting rid of the ball in 1.8 seconds like Brady was. He—he he probably should be. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. If he—if if that was like one criticism you had of Joe Burrow, it's that he doesn't play enough like Tom Brady, um, especially when you don't have the protection. And that's the weird thing about this Bengals offense, and that's one of the reasons they've struggled is they have the fewest big plays of any team, right? 
um, this has not been an explosive offense, which is bizarre to talk, think about with the Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, who you know looks like he is going to try to play today. We'll see how that goes. Um, and the Saints have been kind of the 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 solve for any team that's <laughs> that's what's scary. Wanted right? to get big plays because uh, that's basically what they have allowed at the highest rate uh, is okay. You need a score right now. You're going to get it on one play. Um, that's what happened last week, <laughs> and so. Yeah, if the Saints can harass Joe Burrow and find a fix, play some deep coverage, play some cover two, sit back in a shell, and force Joe Burrow to beat you underneath, I think they have a chance to win this game. I'm Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here on WWL's First Take. Want to hear from you, Houdat Nation, on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, 504-260-1870. When we get back from the break, we'll be delving into Mike D's notebook. WWL's Mike Dettelio will be joining us here on WWL Saints Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back into First Take. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak uh, welcoming in WWL's Mike Dettelier. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Mikey, good morning, and a big one against the Bengals today in the Superdome. We all know about uh, Joe Burrow, everyone talking about him coming back. Obviously, Louisiana's favorite, I think, adopted son. But, man, uh, not so much talk about a guy uh, that's really local in wide receiver Jamar Chase, who has been just uh, phenomenal throughout his prep career high, uh, in college and then obviously the pros as well. Yeah, uh, Steve, uh, he's he's the best wide receiver I ever saw at LSU. Wow. In my in my 30 years doing this, 30-plus, I should say, uh, doing it, he's the best. Uh, his big playability, his run-after-catch skills, his ability to go up in the air and make a catch when there are arms and hands all over the place. He, he could do it. And uh, I, I told the story during the week that uh, when Joe Brady got here, uh, you know, he had heard a lot of different things about about Jamar. And uh, so uh, Coach Hill told him, uh, hey, uh, give Mike a call. He'll tell you all about Jamar. And um, I told Joe, he, he's not good. He's great. And he's the best I've ever seen at LSU. And he hung up the phone on me. 
and I, and I was like, hello. And, you know, and so um, uh, a couple of weeks later, it's during the spring, he was like, hey, uh, I think you're right about Jamar. I was like, Joe, ain't no thing. <laughs> he, he's the real deal. And he has shown that, uh, just how good of a player he is. And to think that team had Jefferson and him, and you can make a really strong argument today. One, two receivers are in the top five receivers yeah. in the National Football League on the same team. <laughs> and and not even throwing in Racing McMath, you know, Terrence Marshall, John Trey Kirkland, all those guys were there at one time. Uh, but, man, he, he has been a huge impact player. And um, once he gets the ball in his hands, Steve, uh, you know, uh, he's trouble with a capital T. Yeah, one, one, just, just kind of as an aside, he hasn't been that involved this year, but also a guy, Stanley Morgan, for, out of St. Aug, is also on the Bengals roster. Um, so he's a, he's also making a homecoming. The other interesting yeah. thing is uh, this, this is a team that has a Mike Thomas and a Michael Thomas. <laughs> and that's but, yeah. crazy. Uh, you got all kind of stuff, uh, kind of double dip uh, all across the board with that. But, yeah. Um, and, you know, listen, I, I give the Bengals a lot of credit. Uh, they probably have the least amount of scouts uh, there are on a football team. And guys just look across the board. They, they're pretty talented. You know, they've done a good job in the draft, drafting people uh, over the last couple years. And so that's been a big part of their success because they've had early picks before but never come up with that. But the one guy changed the world for them just like he changed it at LSU, and that was Burrow. He, he changed the world for them just like he changed it, you know, in Baton Rouge uh, when Coach Ruzron and his staff were there. Mike, you look at this Bengals offensive line, and they look like they're trying to get Joe Burrow killed. I know, <laughs> you know, they, they've tried to, you know, upgrade there, but it just hasn't seemed to work. Uh, he's still getting, you know, banged around a lot. I don't know a lot of the time he's holding on to the ball a bit, looking for that deep shot downfield, but uh, what what can this Bengals team do to protect their quarterback more, and how can the Saints D-line take advantage of this and really get after him today? Okay, to protect Joe, run Joe Mixon. <laughs> okay, that, that's been the big difference the last couple of weeks. They've, they've run the football better with Mixon. Uh, he's another stud player. He, he was He's big time. Uh, he's arguably one of the top three backs in this league. He runs with power, with speed. He can catch the ball coming out of the backfield, despite the fact that um, a lot of times on third down, they take him out and put P. Ryan in. Right. Uh, man, listen, uh, go to show how the world changed. You got those Oklahoma backs uh, as receivers. You know, at one time they were, they were runners, not receivers, but um, you, you see it. It's a, it's a new unit up front, and uh, Jimmy Burrow, who was on with us during the week, he made a good point about, you know, the time that Joe had missed during training camp and all because of the appendicitis. Uh, he thought it affected the timing with the line play and Joe. Now, we do know this. 
uh, Joe can have the five blocks of granite in front of him. He's going to hold the ball longer than the normal guy. Joe's not crazy about throwing the little short pass, okay? He wants to hit that big chunk play downfield. And he's double tough. He takes some shots. And some of it is on Joe, that he will just hold it longer than most quarterbacks uh, waiting for a receiver to get free downfield, and then he tosses it out there. But um, it's it's not – it's gotten better the past couple weeks, their line play. And you see a little bit of gelling. The one thing to watch today is Jonah Williams at left tackle. He is fighting a right knee injury or this uh, kneecap injury. That That's your pivot foot. Uh, when you're a left tackle, that right leg, uh, and, and that's that's difficult when you're dealing with it. And so, man, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, I go after Jonah Williams and try to put a lot of pressure on him because if your right knee and your right leg is not well on a left tackle, it affects you greatly. And so I think the Saints are going to get some heat and some pressure on Joe Burrow and that's what you got to do to affect him. Because if you give him any time to throw the football, he's going to put the dagger to you. So it, it's important that you get pressure. But I think, number one, you better stop Joe Mixon running the football. Because that is the one thing that takes the most amount of pressure off of Burrow is when they get Joe Mixon involved running the football. And he's the type of guy He'll carry the football 25 times if that's the game plan. Yeah, I think that's a good point with Jonah Williams. A lot of times with the questionable guys, we kind of stop talking about it once they're in or out. But at the same time, it's like, well, should he be in? And you're going to make sure you want to test him on that leg one way or the other. Um, kind of shifting gears here, you know, it's impossible to talk about this Bengals squad without talking about the former Saints on this Bengals squad. You know, uh, one of the things that I heard from Zach Taylor this week that I thought was interesting is they didn't just go after Trey Hendrickson and Eli Apple in free agency. Obviously, years you know, last year they started with Eli Apple on a one-year deal and they re-signed him this year. They did it with the endorsement of Von Bell. Um, a safety that they had signed the previous season. And I just thought that was interesting because, you know, Vaughn was always a guy that I felt was a really big culture piece in this locker room, in the Saints locker room. They let him walk. They signed Malcolm Jenkins. And I just remember Vaughn just scooping up fumble after fumble after fumble in that 2019 season. And it's interesting. You know, I don't think it's coincidence that they bring him in to that locker room and suddenly this is a group that you just look at as a winning organization because he's a winning type player. I'm curious, what what are your memories of Vaughn? And, uh, you know, what do you expect to see from him out there for the Bengals today? You know, Jeff, you bring that up and, a lot of players, if they when they talk to you, they really talked about how much Vaughn meant to this football team, and they hated to see him leave. Okay, and there are always business decisions made uh, by both the club and the player, but he's the one guy universally. Everybody kind of one on one with you would tell you, man, I wish they'd have kept Vaughn because. He was a leader. Uh, he got things done. He was a big play guy. He played the run extremely well. And he got better each season in the coverage part of the game. And that was something maybe early 
he was more noted for being a guy that stopped the run than in the coverage part of the game. But he's gotten much better in the coverage part of the game. And, listen, safety play today is so important. It's your last line of defense uh, on the deep pattern. And he has really turned out to be a tremendous pickup for the Bengals, not only on the field, but in the locker room. And his attitude is he ain't taking no prisoners. You know, hey, you might be a buddy and a pal of mine uh, when I was with the Saints, but, man, I'm going to give you everything I got on every play. And I, and I thought that was a big loss for the Saints, losing Vaughn, because that talk of what he brought to the game uh, was sort of everybody said it. It just wasn't one guy. They all said it. And I think he has been a big cog in getting that team turned around. Uh, all the spotlight went on Trey, and deservedly so, because he's your edge guy. He's the guy that's going to get you that pass rush. But putting people in the right place, communication, making sure everybody knows their assignments, Von Bell did it. He did it with the Saints, and now he's doing it with the Bengals. And that that was, I think when they're going to write this story on the Bengals in this sort of time frame, picking up Von Bell is going to be a long chapter for the Bengals. That's how good he is. We touched on Trey Hendrickson there. He was in that 2017 draft class for the Saints, along with guys like Marshawn Lattimore, also Alvin Kamara. This is what Kamara had to say during the week. I don't know if you heard this. Oh, my God. Trey, and I always talk about Trey. My story about Trey in 2017, and this might might be funny. Where I'm from, anytime you see a white boy with silver chain and like silver bracelet on, <laughs> you know so. So like he played like that, you know what I'm saying? Like he was just an angry, like gritty, nasty dude. Like didn't care. Like he going 100 miles per hour every play. And I mean, he, too, he got paid, and he he's a staple in that in that Cincinnati defense. So. I mean, that's, that's angry white boy Trey. <laughs> a- angry white boy Trey. And we saw that even during training camp when he was with the Saints that he would get the offensive lineman so ticked off because he was going full all the time. And uh, just a guy who was always getting banged up around here but has had a lot of success, obviously, in Cincinnati early on. Yeah. Uh, he remember that final season with the Saints. Boy, it all came together for him. Uh, and he stayed healthy. Right. And uh, I remember talking to a coach about him and Coach Payton, and he was like, Mike, he got his weight right. And, he, you know, there is no second gear with him. <laughs> Everything is at the highest amount. I mean, it didn't matter if it was practice or in a game. He was pedaled to the metal on on every snap. And he made a lot of plays, and I go back to watching him when he was in college, and it was the same way in the pros. It wasn't maybe the initial uh, start of the play that he made, but he finished it. His hustle, his desire, his instincts to the football, they were at such a high level. And he never would quit on a play. And a lot of times, that's how he made a sack or a tackle for a loss. 
He wouldn't give up on a play. And I think that goes through a team. When you see that guy doing that, I, I think it it's just sort of uh, has a way of trickling down to the other players on there. Uh, and he, I was right. He was angry all the time uh, on the field, always angry. Uh, really nice guy to do an interview with, and he would give you time and sort of joking kid around with you. But, man, when he was on that field, there was no kidding around with him. And I think it's all, it goes back to the fact he made the comment to me that he was always looked at as a guy that was, ah, you're not quite big enough. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're a skinny dude. Uh, you may be not fast enough, not strong enough. And that always ran through his head that people countered him out. And I think in life you need something to motivate you all the time. Well, it didn't take much <laughs> to motivate Trey. And, but I think he always played with that chip on his shoulder that people felt maybe he's not big enough, not fast enough, not strong enough, and I'm going to show you how good I am. And it was all about effort, all about effort. And just where he graded out so high with me was football instincts. He knew this game inside and out. And I, I think that you started to see that once he got healthy and got his weight right with the Saints, and that was putting on a little extra weight uh, that could help him uh, and build up that power from the lower body. But, man, uh, he's hell on wheels, and Kamara's right. He was an angry white man here. He really was. Appreciate the time. Mike Dettelier's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Be talking to you later on, Mike, on the Bud Light Countdown to Kickoff, which starts at 10 a.m. on WWL. Always appreciate the time. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Take care. Coming back with more First Take after the break here on WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. They were good players for us. They're good players for them. Uh, got a lot of respect for all three of those guys. Um, and they're 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 playing well. You know, I'm 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 happy for them. I hope they don't have a lot of success on Sunday, but uh, but they're they're doing a really nice job for them. That Saints head coach Dennis Allen talking about Trey Hendrickson, Von Bell, and the beloved Saints favorite, Saints fans favorite, Eli <laughs> Apple. And you know, we heard a lot of chatter from Apple when he left the city, but didn't really want to comment too much this week. And I thought it was kind of funny that he said quote-unquote, basically, that he wants to, hopes that the fans stay classy today. I thought that was kind of amusing. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> um, yeah. Eli, 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 Eli. Just, just, just expect, I, like, you're going to get, you're going to get it. Like, just, 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 just expect it. Like, he was trying to stay quiet all week, hoping that he didn't want to stir anything else up. Fine. But, you know, it's like, you, you made your bed. You got to lie in it now. But, you know, it is interesting to see all these Louisiana Players of Louisiana ties coming back. We talked about Vaughn uh, with Mike Dettelier, and I, and I think that he made a good point. It's like 
the Saints moved on from Vaughn, and Vaughn said this week, it was like, yeah, they 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 just moved on from me. Like you don't forget that. If there's anyone on the Bengals who has a who has a serious who should have a chip on their shoulder as it pertains to the Saints, it's Vaughn Bell because you know he wasn't a player who was who was you know on the backside of his career. He was he's still 27 years old, and he didn't leave for a big contract. You could say they couldn't afford to pay Trey. Von Bell signed a three-year, $18 million deal with the Bengals. This was a lot more about the Saints wanting to bring Malcolm Jenkins back, and they said, okay, Von, see ya. Um, so like, he went to Ohio State, too. That's our only qualification here. Um, but no, so the, we don't have to get too much into that, but I thought it was interesting. And, you know, if there's a player on that Bengals team that really wants to stick it to the Saints today, it's probably Von Bell. I don't, I don't think Eli Apple honestly even cares about the Saints. But, okay, let's go through this list of all the players with Louisiana ties because I was able to dig up 10 of them. I don't even know if I have them all, but let's just go through them. <laughs> Obviously, there's those three players. There's Von Bell, Trey Hendrickson, Eli Apple, right. former Saints. Joe Burrow, LSU, obviously. Jamar Chase, LSU, obviously. We mentioned Stanley Morgan. Not Morgan Stanley, Stanley Morgan. Yes. Um, he went to St. Aug, and then he went to school at Wisconsin, but he is on the Bengals, so that's a homecoming for him. Also, you have Tyler Shelvin. He's a, he's a Crawley guy. He went to LSU. He was on that national championship squad. He's on the practice squad. Then you have Lyle Collins, obviously Baton Rouge kid, went to LSU. Cam Sample, defensive end, out of Tulane. He's on the Bengals. So, you know, you can't forget the Tulane guys and keeping it with that theme. Trent Taylor, Louisiana <laughs> Tech, is going to be the punt returner today. So, I mean, you go through this squad and it's like, okay, this they must just they must just like coming down to scout guys in Louisiana because there's no other there's no other explanation for it. That is now the Oakland Heart Rolex time check. Going to be three hours and five minutes till the noon kickoff in the Caesar Superdome between Bengals and Saints. Coming back with more on First Take here on WWL Saints Radio. Back in the First Take, wrapping up the first hour here is uh, amusing to see the line on this game jump all week. It started out as a pick between the Bengals and Saints. Uh, then it was a one and a half uh, favor in favor of Cincinnati, then two and a half, and now up to the Bengals being a three-point favorite in the Caesar Superdome. Don't take it. Don't take it because this black and gold squad's got a pass rush at least that's going to be coming no, after no, Burrow. No, I'm just saying don't bet this game. Like, avoid it at all costs. This game could easily be like three to two. No, don't say that, please. <laughs> We've had some brutal games last night. I dealt with an 18-inning Houston Astros-Seattle Mariners game last evening. I'm hoping to get more entertainment from this one today. I'm just saying, if I'm if I'm looking at a game, I'm not betting. I'm not, I'm staying away from this game entirely. This is just not a game I put money on. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here on First Take. We've got another hour, and then we'll hand things off to the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff on WWL Saints Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 